Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Open your Bibles to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 8. We are going to be looking at two different passages of Scripture this evening here on Mother's Day, Exodus chapter 8. And not only that, we'll be turning over to the New Testament book, to the book of James, James chapter 4. Happy Mother's Day. We want to certainly welcome our mothers here uh, tuning in. This our evening broadcast, our evening online worship service. With that, I want to do let you know, next Sunday night, we will have an in-person worship experience. At 6 o'clock, we have the ordination service of Raphael Jubin. So I want to invite you to come. Afterwards, after that, we have our a bi-monthly business meeting. We haven't had a bi-monthly business meeting since January of 2020. So it's been almost a year and a half. So I want to invite you next Sunday evening on the 16th of May to join us for this special Sunday night service. So we'll actually meet in person for that. But I do, I want you to turn your Bibles here. We are going through the life of Moses. Moses is coming up to the second and third plagues. The second plague are frogs. The third plague are gnats. Do you know down, the, down south, you get down south Georgia, that is just gnat country where it's awful during the summer. Constantly you're outside and sweating and gnats are all over you. I mean, they get in your house, but it's just something you just uh, get accustomed to, I guess. But not like you can't get accustomed to what's going to happen in Egypt. Remember, why, what is going on here? Why are all these plagues occurring? These plagues are occurring because Pharaoh asked a question in Exodus 5.2. His question was, Who is the Lord that I should obey him by letting Israel go? I don't know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. So God says, Okay, since you don't know who I am, you don't know the Lord, I need to help show you reveal to you who I am so you will let Israel go. And I think in our personal life, we also experience that with, with knowing the Lord. You ask to know the Lord, He'll make Himself known to you. You call out and cry out to get saved, God will save you. And I trust that you have trusted in Christ as your Savior. If you have not, at the close of this worship service, this online service, I'm going to invite you to pray along and respond to Jesus. Any and every opportunity to respond to the gospel, you want to take advantage of that. You know, what we see here is there's this cycle that is going on. The cycle here is obedience. Then we see God's power over these Egyptians' gods. So the obedience is Moses is um, uh, calling, obeying the Lord, going to Pharaoh, saying, hey, if you don't do this, frogs are going to come. Then all of a sudden, frogs come. Then all of a sudden, we have God's power, and we obviously see that um, uh, the, the great miracle does occur. And then after that, we see these, these counterfeits. And we are going to see some of the magicians are able to do their counterfeits, get up a few frogs. But then after that, there's a hardening of the heart. Pharaoh had a hard heart. He deepened his heart. One of the things we're going to see here today is, in many ways, this message here is about getting saved tomorrow. 
you ever heard someone want to do something tomorrow? Tomorrow, anything gets done. As I speak right now, there's a to-do list sitting on my desk of things I need to do. And I left thinking, we'll do it tomorrow. Monday's a great day. It will get done the first day of the week. And of course, all those things won't get done. But tomorrow offers promise in our mind. There's a lot of folks here in our city that tomorrow they will start living for the Lord. Tomorrow they will go to church. Tomorrow they will begin watching and listening to God's Word preached and taught. And that is the most dangerous thinking. There's so many people who are in hell right now who said, tomorrow I will give my life to Christ. I will trust in Jesus. I will be obedient to God. And tomorrow never came. Their, their life was ended tragically. It, just, just like that, it ended. In fact, just to show you how quickly life can end, I remember um, when I was in youth group, Sherry and I were talking about it. We had a, someone in our home church. He was now in his early, uh, early 60s, but when I was a little guy, he was probably in his, gosh, I mean, just early, late 30s, early 40s, and he passed away last week. And just like that, they don't know exactly what happened, possibly uh, had a massive heart attack, aneurysm, but anyway, he's gone. He, he got sick, went to the hospital, something happened, next thing you know, they're planning his funeral. And that is an example of a reminder of the brevity of life, of how we are not promised tomorrow. But Pharaoh did not believe that. Pharaoh wanted the frogs gone tomorrow. He just felt one more night sleeping with frogs and it will be okay. So that, we're going to see that here about this cycle. And not only that, the hardening. A person with a hard heart, they're so prideful, they're so arrogant, they, they will just rather have one more night worth of frogs and say, yeah, take them away right now. But that. The purpose of these plagues, we're going to see, serve as a warning for those who refuse to believe God. All unbelievers are tempted to love, serve, and trust in anything except God. And I'm calling you tonight, and folks are calling you, preachers, Sunday school teachers, uh, people you listen to on your podcast, on TV preachers, YouTube preachers, they're calling you to obedience. God sent prophets. What's the purpose of a prophet? A prophet is someone who comes and calls people to respond to the good news, to respond to the gospel. And the principle we see, what God is reminding us, He's warning us. Listen, these plagues, you don't have to go through them. You don't have to live in Egypt. You don't have to go through this, Pharaoh. But all of a sudden, Pharaoh, he could not respond. He had a hard heart. And we have to always make sure in our life, say, God, is my, is my heart hard? Have I been hardened to the gospel? Am I not being responsive to you, Lord? So that's what we're going to be seeing here in our Bible. So I want you to turn along. We're on the se uh, second plague. That first plague there, if you remember, it's turning the Nile River into blood. And, you know, it actually just said Pharaoh. He looked at it, didn't really give it much thought, and he moved on. He thought, oh, well, I guess the life, the life of my country, of Egypt, it just turned into blood for a whole week. All the fish died. It was blood everywhere, seeping up in all the creeks, ponds. It, it was all over the place. And now we're about to see that with frogs. God sent frogs 
everywhere. So that's our second play here. So I want you to turn your Bibles here. Verse, verse 14, then the Lord said to Moses, I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. Verse, verse 1, go into Pharaoh and tell them, this is what the Lord says, let my people go. These are God's people. That's who my people are. But let my people go that they may worship me. But if you refuse to let them go, I will plague all your territory with frogs. How, 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 what a mess. The Nile will swarm with frogs. They will come up and go into your palace, into your bedroom and onto your bed, into your houses and your officials and your people, and into your ovens and kneading bowls. The frogs will come up on you, your people, and all your officials. Literally, frogs everywhere. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your hand with your staff over the rivers, canals, and ponds, and cause the frogs to come up unto the land of Egypt. When Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and this is what, that's what happened. But the magicians did the same thing by their occult practices. Occult practices are, 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 are false practices by the devil. And they were able to do this, at least temporarily. They were, they, they were able to use that. And it says, they brought frogs up onto the land of Egypt. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Appeal to the Lord to remove the frogs from me and my people. Then I will let the people go, and they can sacrifice to the Lord. Do we believe Pharaoh? Is Pharaoh going to do that? Not at all. He did not. He had a hardened heart. God even wanted him. The purpose of this is God's going to show his mighty power. So it wasn't anything that Moses or Aaron did or the people did. It was by God's mighty power that the folks were freed from slavery, that they were freed from the, the land of Egypt. Keep going here in your Bibles here. Moses said to Pharaoh, You may have the honor of choosing. When should I appeal on behalf of you, your officials and the people, that the frogs may be taken away from you and your houses and remain only in the Nile? What an interesting question. Moses is standing there in front of Pharaoh saying, When do you want the frogs to leave? When would you like for me to appeal to the Lord? So these frogs are gone. And look at his answer. You, can't, you almost can't even believe Pharaoh would say this, but he's saying this with arrogance. He says here, tomorrow. Tomorrow, he answered. Moses replied, as you have said, so that you may know that there is no one like the Lord your God, our God, the frogs will go away from you, your houses, your officials, and your people. The frogs will remain only in the Nile River, so there's no longer bloody in the Nile, it's back to water. After Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord for help concerning the frogs that he had brought against Pharaoh. So God is going to remove the frogs. The Lord did, as Moses has said, the frogs in the houses, courtyards, and fields died. So they're, 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 they've passed away. They piled them up in countless heaps, and there was a terrible odor in the land. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Just like the Lord said, Pharaoh would not let the people go. He did not obey. He did not keep his word. Remember, one of the best ways to build trust is all it takes is you just do what you say you're going to do. 
Pharaoh said he was going to let the people go. He did not do it. And I think our principle, what we see with Pharaoh, is all Pharaoh could see is he viewed God's people, the Hebrews there, in slavery. The Israelites, he viewed them as his slaves. They worked for him. Why do they need to go out to Mount Sinai and go worship on a mountain? They don't need to be making any sacrifices. They need to be serving me. That was his attitude with that. And that phrase tomorrow is so prevalent today. Everyone experiences procrastination. Procrastination brings so many people to destruction, so many people to hell, so many people's lives are falling apart. They're battling addiction. They know they have a problem. And alcohol, alcoholism, drug problems, pornography problems, and tomorrow they're gonna get it's gonna get better. They have weight problems. They have financial problems. They have spiritual problems. They have work problems, interpersonal relationships problems. But tomorrow, it's going to get better. Just like with Pharaoh. Tomorrow, we'll get rid of the frogs. You go to appeal to the Lord tomorrow. And the, the sin of procrastination brings many people who were so close to responding. Many folks, maybe they're on the verge of getting baptized. We, we have a, a, a creek baptism later this month. And some of you need to get baptized. In fact, if you're viewing or watching or listening to this, you need to reach out to me. You can get baptized in the West Hickman Creek on Memorial Day weekend. Not tomorrow, not next year, not in five years or next decade. God's calling you now. John the Baptist told people, says, now is the time to turn to the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Repent and believe. John the Baptist was a voice crying in the wilderness, telling people to turn to the Lord. Immediately, Christ is calling you to respond to Him. Christ is asking you this evening if you will put Him first in your life. Tonight. I want to read this passage here. James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. God's Word says here, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Have you ever made plans like that? Have you ever said, you know, this next year, two years, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this profit, we're going to travel here, we're going to take this vacation, this is going to occur, this is how it's going to go, and you have no idea what's really going to happen. You have no clue what God is going to do. And, and, and the Lord is looking at us saying, you, you don't have any, any idea, any plan. You know, I think about last year. Gosh, it, it, one of the saddest things we lost was, we had, we had four, over 40 people lined up to go on a mission trip to Vermont. I'd already bought the plane tickets for that preview trip in early April. We had three or four different teams. We had lodging reservations already booked at the place we were staying, we, I'd already got my passports so we could go into Canada. This is in February, March of last year of 2020. And we were excited about that trip, getting ready for it, because we were going that first week, second week in July of last summer. And all of a sudden, it changed. I had made plans for tomorrow and that summer, 
And I was working towards it. I was on the phone, sending emails, planning an exciting mission opportunity for Broadway Baptist, and it didn't happen. All Everything, even the folks up there in Vermont I've spoken to, everything up there for them has changed. The churches have changed. And I think about this verse here. You say here, today or tomorrow we'll travel to such and such city. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And God is saying, you foolish man, you foolish woman, you have no clue what tomorrow is going to be like. You don't know your travel arrangements. You, we do not know. We, 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 any minute Jesus come back, any minute we can have a totalitarian government, at any minute uh, we could be uh, being oppressed as believers. This past week, here in Kentucky, Sunrise Children's Services, which used to be the Kentucky Baptist Children's Home, they, 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 didn't, they, they had a contract dispute with the governor over one sentence, over the issue of homosexuality. And all of a sudden, they're going to, that's why they're asking for Kentucky Baptist to write to the governor and says, Hey, can sunrise? It needs to be a place that promotes adoption, promotes foster care, and they lost their contract with the state over that. Probably they had no clue a few weeks ago that was going to happen. There no longer could be a state-affiliated place over the issue of being mandatory required for allowing homosexuals to be able to uh, adopt and provide adoption and foster care. You know, that is an issue, an unexpected issue. Every single one of us needs to be prepared, needs to be just spiritually mature enough to realize we do not know what tomorrow holds. So Pharaoh just shows his foolishness when he says, tomorrow... Let's take away the frogs. Keep going here. Verse 14. Look what it says. James 4.14 Yet you do, not, you do not know what tomorrow brings. What will your life be? For you're like a vapor that appears for a little while, and then it vanishes. You're gone. Then instead, you should say this, If the Lord wills, we will, we will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. We trust the Lord. We do not trust in our planning. We do not know the future. God holds my future. God is the author of our future. He knows what's going to happen. He knows where we're going. He knows the great things that's going to occur. It says in verse 17, So it is a sin to know the good and yet not do it. Meaning, it's a sin to know what to do right now today, and try to put it off to tomorrow. That is the sin of procrastination. The sin of tomorrow I'll get saved. Tomorrow I'll begin to live for the Lord. Tomorrow I'll make the right choices. And God is saying, God is com commanding us, you foolish man, you do not know with that. So, that is the second plague. That is the plague of frogs. I think the main principle God reminds us is we see the heart, the arrogance, the foolishness of Pharaoh. And we see also that it's at the Lord's command that he was able to send the frogs. And at the Lord's command, all the frogs were able to die and they were able to pile up 
there were so many frogs. All right, third plague here, gnats. Let me grab my, my uh, gnat fly swatter here. I've got one. I brought it because, you know, this wouldn't even touch it. We wouldn't even have uh, any comparison with this. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, stretch out your staff and strike the dust of the land, and it will be come gnats throughout the land of Egypt. And they did this. Aaron stretched out his hand with his staff, and when he struck the dust of the land, gnats were on the people and animals. So gnats are everywhere, all over the place. Even the poor animals had them. All the dust of the land became gnats throughout the land of Egypt. The magicians, you know, these are the false magicians of Pharaoh, they also tried to produce gnats using their occult practices. Look at this, something... This is the counterfeit. They couldn't perform it, but they couldn't. All of a sudden, they couldn't do it, so we're seeing them getting weaker and weaker, yet God's power is getting stronger and stronger. God's drawn a contrast here to show Pharaoh, you don't have any power. Your magicians can't do what Moses and Aaron can do. They, don't, they can't make the dust turn into gnats. This is not... This is showcase showdown, but it seems like Moses and Aaron are winning the showdown. The, the Pharaoh's Egyptians, who don't like to lose, they're starting to lose. They're starting to slip away, obviously, with this. It says here in verse 19, This is the finger of God, the magician said to Pharaoh. So they're realizing it. Even the magicians speak truth. To Pharaoh, they are recognizing we can't do this. I can't take dust and turn it into a bug. God's finger is doing this. Our little fly swatter has no hope in, in curing this problem. But Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. There it is. Lord said he wouldn't listen, and he didn't. The biblical principle here is God is starting to differentiate, to set him apart from the others. We see the power of God in this third plague. We see God getting stronger, and the magicians, they are even realizing by God's finger, he's even making it happen. Something's wrong when lost people can recognize God's work, God's power, yet Others, sometimes even ourselves, we can. Isn't it sad that the magicians even acknowledge this is the finger of God, yet Pharaoh can't see it. And Moses, he's just struggling. He didn't even want to do this. Yet this is uh, incredible what's occurring. The power of God to change lives. And I think the, how we want to end this, and what God's message for us do you see how the Lord is working in your life? Do you see how God has brought you this far? Do you see the Lord all of a sudden? He is doing a mighty thing in restoring your life. And he's asking us to respond. Some of you, your response is tomorrow, preacher, I'll do it. I'll make that commitment down the road. And God say no today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus.
you want to get saved this evening, here on Mother's Day, there's nothing more that your mother would love, your grandmother would love, for you to cry out to God and say, Lord, today is the day of salvation. No more delay. I'm going to live for you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. You pray along with me. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Today, I need to be saved. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Make me clean. Help me live for you. From this day on, I'm yours. In thy name I pray. Amen. Do you mean that prayer? Jesus Christ, trust. It's powerful. It saves. I want to hear from you. If you pray to receive Christ, you reach out to me. Call me here at the church. Send me an email. Send, send us a text message. And we'll be getting in touch with you about your next steps in following Jesus. God bless you. Remember, next Sunday, we are in person. I want to invite you here. It's a powerful ordination service, in-person service of ordaining Raphael Jubin to the ministry. Or, I'm sorry, Dr. Raphael Jubin to the ministry. He received his doctorate degree from Southern Seminary. And God has great plans for raising him up here at Broadway and seeing him just continue to serve the Lord. God bless you. I will see you here for our online service in two weeks.